I'm Josh Gray, and this is the Stay Woke Podcast. You dig? Yo, yo, it's your boy John Harmay. Make sure you check out the Stay Woke Podcast. Let's go. You now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on thesonicbreakdown.com. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. If you haven't read a review, check it out. We just have a new review up by uh, Jason Terrell on Kendrick Lamar's album, Damn. We also have the podcast on our first impressions on Damn, so check that out as well. And this episode of the Stay Woke Podcast is sponsored by Concrete Flowering Clothing. The hip-hop legend Tupac Shakur once said, You see, you wouldn't ask why the rose that grew from the concrete had damaged petals. On the contrary, we would all celebrate its tenacity. We would all love it, its will to reach the sun. Concrete Flowering Clothing. It's a great company that has hip-hop influences in its merchandise. So check them out. Their Instagram is Concrete Flowering Clothing. And their website where you can purchase their merchandise is Concrete-Flower.com. We got a guest in the building today, a rapper and artist. I want to say, I don't want to just classify him as a rapper because I think he's he's more than just that. He's an, a real artist from New Orleans, originally from New Orleans. We got Josh Gray in the building. What up, what up? Thanks for having me, man. No problem. So let's get right into it, man. Where are you from? And just I know you're from New Orleans, and then you moved. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right, man. From New Orleans, Louisiana, Ninth Ward to be exact. You know, I've been back and forth uh, here to New Orleans, and uh, I'm like Cali's adopted kid. Man. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. When did you move out to Cali? Uh, in my senior year of high school, Hurricane Katrina okay. happened. We lost everything. I was homeless, kind of reshaped everything moving forward from that point. 22 of my family members, we all drove cars deep from New Orleans to Houston. I stayed in Houston for a minute. Then I went out to L.A., then up to the Bay. And then first chance I got, I got homesick. First chance I got, I went right back home to New Orleans, man. Stayed out there for a while and then came back out this way, lived in L.A. for a while, then back up to the Bay again. And there you have it. Yeah. And that's a lot of traveling, bro. That's oh, a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I went to six different colleges Damn, that's in a, three years. That's a lot of back and forth, bro. That's yeah, what, man. <laughs> your car has got a lot of miles on it, bro. Yeah. That's what's up, though. But uh, I want to say... Cause I I was in um I was at Morehouse and we had a lot of people that transitioned from uh, New Orleans to uh, Atlanta because of Katrina, mm -hmm. and I know for a lot of them like you were saying that it was a it was a heavy and hard transition because, as we all know, it's been well documented like the the devastation that it caused right right um and just like your your life being wiped out in a second like the your 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 possessions wiped out in a second and you just got to rethink everything. Yeah. Like I know that had to affect the the music or or your perspective on on life, and eventually that's gonna affect the music. Most definitely, man. I know, like one thing it does for sure is it it makes you not attached to any material things. Mm. So the fancy cars that we all aspire to have, yeah, I do want it. I'm not gonna say I don't, but it doesn't have a hold over me like it once did, or the money or the the best job or the you know any anything material it it doesn't have a hold on me no more cuz i'm so used to being without it mm. right yeah the shoes on my feet anything man like i'm used to not having that so it's not a thing but with that being said you know when you used to not having it and then you get it you'll never lose it again Cause you know what it's like to not have it. Exactly. That's, you know that's, what I'm that's very true. Yeah. Let's step back for a second. So you're from New Orleans, like you said, the Ninth Ward. What about your parents? Are they from New Orleans as well? Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents from New Orleans, born and raised, man. Uh, deep Southern roots. Deep Southern roots. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a, a lot of brothers and sisters? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Are you? Yeah, I got an older brother, younger sister. Okay. So yeah. you're the middle child. Okay. Yeah, I'm the I'm the crazy middle <laughs> child. And uh, what about your parents? What do they do, or what what do they do? Are, are uh, they both in education, man, and I think that's that's where I get like my my balance from. Why I'm, I make the kind of music I make, and you know why why my verses are filled with 
certain writing formats that, you know, some rappers just really don't go as deep into. Mm-hmm. Like alliteration and things like that, yeah. you know, more deep into the poetry, and because I really, you know, studied that kind of thing. And after, after listening to your album Dis- uh, "Disconnected," I can definitely say that is the case in your music that there is lyrical structure, there is storytelling in it. And with, in order to accomplish storytelling, you have to have a strong grasp of the English language and how to, especially in song and in rap, is to formulate those those lines in order to create the story a beginning middle and end and it makes sense and it'd be cohesive especially if you're trying to make a cohesive project which i think you did um we'll get into that a little bit later but i want to kind of get into more of the background of how we got to this album besides your parents being in education how do you think they influenced or or whether let me rephrase that were your parents open and accepting of you trying to be a musician trying to be an artist uh, that's a good question, man. Uh, Mom's was always super supportive. I could tell her, you know, I wanted to bag groceries the rest of my life, and she would be like, well, you're going to do it the best you can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But my pops was the exact opposite, you know. He always just wanted so much more for me, and he's like, ah, you know. He, he, he was more real to the the scenarios of the music industry Mm. he knew the politics and things like that and he didn't want me to even have to deal with it or struggle with it he's like man just finish school you know what i'm saying from from what i'm hearing and of course i don't know but does it seem like like your dad was at the point where he's like you can have the most you can be the most talented mc in the game that the world has ever seen right but there's so many other factors that go into to you getting to that point of of it being popular and being right being uh monetarily successful in it is and, is that more the lane that he was than yeah, necessary that he exactly didn't believe it. in your skills is yeah, right that's gotcha. exactly it because uh you know when you were a kid man you got all kind of pipe dreams mm-hmm. i wanted to play basketball i was decent but I wasn't big enough, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, rather than him tell me just give up on the dream, he just kind of broke it down to me. Yo, you know, how many kids want to be in the NBA? Look what you up against, you know what I'm saying? And that wasn't to say he told me not to do music. It was more so, you know, figure out what will set you apart Mm -hmm. from the next artist if you're really going to do this. Yeah, have a separation, have you know an understanding of that, you know, like you said, I'm not telling you not to do it, but you need to be aware of the complete picture, not just the, the side that you want to see, the good side. You need to see the whole side. Right. And determine if this is really something you want to do. Exactly. And I mean. That's a good dad, man. While we on the subject, man, Pops is a huge outcast fan. Andre 3000, big boy, they could do no wrong for him. So he loved rap music. You know what I'm saying? And. It was not a far-fetched idea that I could do it, but it was more he he knew the level in the bar was pretty high already. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, you can't be playing basketball and, you know, doing these 20 different things and saying you want to rap. Like, you really have to... Focus on the craft. Focused yeah. on it. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think... Where I am now, he believes, he sees it, and, I mean, he's super supportive. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like I said, to me, it sounds like he's a good dad just in the fact that it's not like he's, like you said, he's discouraging you. He's just giving you, he's he's giving you, he's giving you the truth. He's right, saying, right. Like, all right, if you want to, like I said, if you want to do it, you need to know the complete picture because that's, that's a downfall that a lot of youth, in essence, especially in the black community that we have yeah. is... We see the glitz and glamour, but they don't. They're not looking at the hard work they're putting in. They're not looking at. They're looking at Kobe and like, oh, I want the money and the rings that he's getting. But at the end of the day, two o'clock in the morning, he's in the gym shooting two hundred free throws. Right. Shooting two hundred shots. Right. Catching his getting his own rebounds because he's trying to make it to that next point. Like they don't see that side of it. And if you're not willing to put in that work, you're not gonna get there. Right. Exactly, man. I want to also go back in. When did you realize that you did start wanting to do do music? Was it in high school, middle school? Were you always felt like you were musically um, inclined? Well, I mean, I went to a, a school where, I mean, the the culture was just like 
rap, mm. pretty much rap at, at any moment. Like, you know how, uh, you know, certain certain schools are like more placed around just the arts and things like yeah. that. My school was just a normal public school, but it just seemed like everyone in that school kind of had a thing for music. It's like, you know, rap. And uh, while we're on that subject, I went to the same high school as Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, wow. Wayne. <laughs> as Lil Wayne. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. And Currency. Okay. So yeah. So that. So that. I went to. I went to the same high school as some prestigious people, man. Yeah. So we, you know, we pumped out some some big names, and just knowing that is just even more another reason. Like, man, this is where I come from. You know, it's no excuse. Let's yeah, there's creative it. energy flowing through that school. It seems right. like just because, exactly. like you said, the number of people that came out through that. Right. It has to it has to, it, right. it's not by coincidence. <laughs> right, exactly. And um you know, I j- I didn't take it serious. Like I said, man, I I wanted to play basketball. That wasn't even my first love. My first love was uh actually drawing. I wanted to be a cartoonist. Oh wow. Yeah, man, I I seen all these cartoons and stuff, man, and you know, like Fat Albert and stuff like that, man. That actually really hooked me. And I would draw like for hours i'll just stay in the room and um i think the older i got just realized it's more the art of everything than just that kind of you know reeled me in and then um i would say i started to take music real serious you could blame my brother for it (laughs) he um you know at the time he was like big cash money fan that's all he wanted to really do or, or or see was anything revolving around cash money hot boys things like that so he was rap and things like that but um at the time he he didn't have beats and he just got this wild idea like man you know what what if you made beats for me <laughs> i'm like man i don't know how to do that you know i'm i'm 18 at the time he's like man you could do it and he was right and what i did was at the time i just kind of study who who was popular at the time and at the time uh Kanye West was like crazy popular this was in like 2006 or 7 I want to say and it's like around late registration mm. like touch the sky yeah. and gold digging and shit like that right so I'm like man you know how do I make what he's making yeah so I did my research I went out and bought equipment that he pretty much had, mm. you know, the, that yeah. the masters of the, of same, the right. Same keyboard, same drum machine, everything he had to make his beats. I went out and got, and, um, it kind of started from there. I mean, first two years, my beats was pretty whack, but you know, you had to start somewhere. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. I just kept working at it. And, you know, once you make enough beats, it is to the point where, you know, let me see what I would sound like on this. Mm. And then you start to dabble into it. And I would say by the time I was 22, 23, it was like nothing else I wanted to do, man. Like, that was it. I was hooked. It's like, you know, the the beats became like second nature. It was so easy to me after a while. I had to, like, really dive in more with the rap and I mean, because my first couple raps, man, I would talk about shooting people and all all kind of stuff. Like, if you know me as a person, man, I'm I'm the most peaceful dude. <laughs> I'm I'm goofy, man. So, you know, the stuff I was rapping about, it wasn't me, but it's what was popular. So, you know, my brother's like, man, your your beats are so original. It's so different. You should rap different too. And then I think from that point, it's like, okay, let me really dive into my life and my story. And I could kind of carve out my own lane. And I think I figured it out and I've been doing it. Instead of copying a voice, you're creating your own voice. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When you were talking about um, how you were, you know, when you first started rapping, it reminded me of um, an interview that I saw with Kendrick okay. um, that he did with Apple Music um, when he first came out with Good Kid, Mad City. Mm. And he was saying that 
very similar to what you were saying. He's like, yeah, when I first started rapping, he's like, man, you don't know how many people I done killed. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah. in those verses. He's like, I killed maybe a million people. And he's like, <laughs> in a verse. Right. Because that's that was the wave. And he's like, until I started to really realize, you know, I need to talk about the things that affect my life that yeah that are important to me that i see he's like i do see that stuff but that's not all i see and right. I, and it's not from that perspective right and so that just really uh resonated with me when you said that is because i think especially for youth when that's how they start is is that like you said that's what was selling that's what's hot that's what what we see so we try to emulate what's popular what sells until right. we can realize i can still do it well in my own right i, I just think that's profound that you found that path as well I want to go into the production aspect. First of all, you need to thank your brother because him telling you to do producing, bro. Uh, <laughs> school. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll thank him too because, uh, like I said, the production on the album is really good, man. Um, I, I really like it. The, the The album itself is really good. Again, we're going to get into that real deep later, so stay tuned because we're going to break that down. But with your brother trying to get in the same lane, how is that relationship now that – is he still rapping? Is he still trying to be in the music business or industry? Yeah, man, he's he's definitely pursuing it. I mean, I I would say it, you know, like I've been saying it for the past, you know, three, four years. My brother's my favorite artist, man, and I'm super biased, but I don't care. You know mm. what I mean? It's like I know his growth. I know his talent and, um, you know, for New Orleans in particular, when you're born there, you grow up there, it's it's not as many outlets as, say, a California. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a lot less people. Um, don't get me wrong. In New Orleans, like, I think the appreciation for the music is there. And, um, you know, once you take off, people in New Orleans, like... Are supportive. They love you like no other. You know what I'm saying? And, um... But I, I just felt like for both of us, myself and my brother, we both kind of started to reach like a, a wall, kind of. And we knew we needed to branch out and just reach more people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We knew New Orleans would respect that. And like, that's kind of where we were with it. Like, let's get out and reach a different kind of audience, too. And um, he's still doing it. Um, I think he's probably my biggest support and he, he wants to see me win and it's kind of that game too. Like if I can break that wall down, you know, I could let more people in and he's for sure the first person, you know what I mean? But he's so dope. He may not need me to break the wall down. Mm -hmm. He may break the wall down. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? What is the age difference between you and your brother? Uh, my brother's four years older than me. Okay. Because yeah. the reason why I asked that is because when I was thinking is the conversation that you had with your dad about the music, I'm sure he had had that same conversation with your brother. And so like that kind of already experience kind of, you know, might've, uh, not might've, I would assume assisted in learning and understanding how to have that conversation with you about it. Just the, the difference with, with me and my brother, man, my brother's more like me, my heads will be, my head will be in the cloud, man. I'll, I'll drop everything in pursuit of a dream. My brother's more like, yeah, I see the dream, but we're going to get this money first. And then we'll try to make it happen. Whereas for me, I think my dad more saw, let me sit this kid down and talk to him before he does something crazy. Mm. And my, my brother was always more rational. Like, yeah, I see this dream, but, if the money's not right first, then, you know, there's nothing to talk about. And he he's just more of the hustler in mm. that sense. And I'm just more of the artist, man. It's like, you know, but I mean, at the same time, he puts me on to the business and things like that. But complement um, each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, yeah, school is dope for sure. That's what's up. I, I do want to touch back on the fact that the connection or the the a pattern that i'm seeing mm -hmm. based on just talking to you is that it seems like there was always uh, an element of creativity in your life um if it wasn't drawing and then you went to the music production to rapping is that something that you felt like you noticed and that kind of being creative was always in you or is it something that you felt like you had to foster or that you 
um, might have always had it, but you didn't really understand the potential until later. Yeah, man. I mean, in some ways, you can say I still don't quite understand it. And I mean, I think that that even comes with like uh, LeBron James. I'm sure sometimes he surprises himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just God given. You know what I mean? I think everybody's born with the talent. It's on you whether you pursue it or not. And, you know, society at times can lead you in different directions and make you think that you should be doing something different from what you were blessed with. Um, And like I said, I mean, basketball was never my gift. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? That you like, though. I just liked it. You know what I mean? I still like it. Yeah. But, you know, I had to snap out of that pretty quick and realize, you know, your talent is elsewhere. You're good at other things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What were some of your musical influences, uh, you know, growing up? Like, what was the music that your parents were playing? What was Because you mentioned Outcast for your dad. Um, what about some of the other musical influences that your, your family was playing and then that transitioned into you, you know, gravitating and, and picking up yourself? So that's, that's, I mean, that's a a mini story in itself, man. So Pops was, was heavy on Outkast. Like I said, uh, my mom would listen to like Janet Jackson, Boys to Men, you know, real deep R&B and soul. You know what I'm saying? I can hear, I'm going to just say quickly, I can definitely in this album, like if you look through my notes that I have for this album, I can definitely hear those influence. I literally wrote down. I hear Outkast influence on one of the tracks wow. specifically. Wow. Uh I can't think of the name yeah. of the album right now. Uh Playlist of Cadillac Music. Like Wow. That like I've I heard essence of that and I was like, damn, I hear some Outkast. I was like, but I was like, he said he's from New Orleans. It is close to Atlanta, but I just I made that connection without no prior like yeah. so that's why when you said it like instantly I was like yeah. Okay. I was like, I can definitely. I can Man, definitely. you know, when you're growing up, you you don't really have that option in the car. You yep, touch you the radio, you get killed, man. Yep, you got to take whatever they play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whatever your your mom plays in the car, you you better learn to love it. Because <laughs> if you touch the radio, you know you you might lose a hand. That's right. So I mean, especially had, if it's they jam. So right, right. And I mean, she would even go as far as Luther Vandross and and stuff like that. And I mean, I just learned to like it, but um, when I got old enough to dig into, you know, what I wanted to hear, you know, I swayed more to, of course, the more aggressive hip hop. Um, And then when I started to produce, I started to collect vinyl records. And man, I I had a crazy record collection. Like the, the records would be stacked to the ceiling. You could barely move in my room man and i would buy soul jazz rock you know anything i could make a beat from yeah because there's elements almost there's almost an element no there is an element in all those genres that you can find that you can put into hip-hop it's just about knowing when and where to pick it and right right and place it so i mean to me that's that speaks to your uh, production skills is because to me a real producer We'll do that. We'll even if they're not gonna use the record, they'll mm-hmm. listen to it at least for a minute and say, "Okay, there's nothing on here I can find." And then later on, there might be something that they can find that for. Right, right. And a lot of times, it's it's reference material. It may be something on the record you can't use, but it it sparks an idea, a vibe that you can, you, you know, what I mean, a, a tempo or yeah. a rhythm that is unique, and you know, you may build from that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is your bigger passion, uh, production or, uh, or man, writing? I, I know I'm going to get that question for the rest of my life, yeah. man. And I have no way to answer it because uh, the production is where I started. So I could, I could never like turn my back on the production. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And the rapping is, it was the biggest challenge for me. And, you know, when you when you start to get comfortable with that challenge, and you're like, man, you know, I'm, I'm mastering this. And it took so long to get comfortable at it. That's like I have such a big respect for that part of it, too. It's kind of hand in hand. You know what I mean? How did you get comfortable in that in that lane? Besides, through, you know, the, 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 the obvious of just practice. But 
was it? Well, well it's, it's a major difference, man. When and I'm sure any producer knows this. When when you making beats, man, till this day, you have to just make a lot of it. Like I may I may produce five beats in a day, and keep one of them. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and that's just me being picky. Like uh, I don't like this sound, or you know, I can tell this is where it's supposed to be. But in rap, I think others dictate what is good and what isn't. You know what I mean? I think they more so will tell you, "Hey, that's some weak bars, man. You, you, you know, you're not coming with it," or or vice versa. You know, hey, that's dope. That line right there you just said, man, that's that's crazy. And the validation from others, you know what I mean, is is different as whereas production, you know, you more you could you could hear sonically certain yeah. things that you want to hear. And Whereas, that are pleasing to the air, that, right. and that you know right. are, are pleasing to the air. Yeah, I would say also that I think the reason why with writing and rapping that you need more outside validation versus production is also because it's harder to determine how somebody's going to internalize your words, right? And right. the structure of your words versus. Like we said, sonically, we know that there's certain sounds that people like to hear. Just it just it just it's right. Uh, like there's very few people that like to hear nails on a chalkboard, and it's exactly. it's universal. So it's right. it's easier where you can say love in twelve different ways, and somebody's gonna take that twelve different ways. Some might not like it, some might will. It all depends on how they internalize that right. the way you phrased it. So I think that has to deal with them that. Which is, I, I've never really thought about it until now, so that that's interesting. I do want to get in, I want to start wanting to get into breaking down this album, if you don't if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it, man. Disconnected is the name of the album. You should check it out. Uh, I definitely recommend it. But let's start with just the title in itself, Disconnected. That word alone can have so many different meanings and have so many different relations. When did you decide on that was going to be the title of the album? Uh, actually, I built the entire album around that word. Okay. I came up with the title for the album before I made any beat, before I wrote any lyric. It, it was a concept album. I knew at the moment I felt disconnected from radio. You know, the songs I would hear on the radio, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really relate to or, or vibe to. You know, radio was at this weird state where, you know, all kind of different genres were being considered to be hip hop. Mm. And that's not the hip hop I came up on. And I love those genres. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to classify a different genre as hip hop was weird for me. Mm -hmm. So to me, um, it dilutes the product. If Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get a pop song and call it rock because that's right, not exactly gonna, and and that's what was yeah. going on for me that exact thing where you would hear you know something that was clearly not hip-hop being labeled as hip-hop and i couldn't connect to it and then um you know there was some some issues in my personal life with friends and you know people you grew up with that's that transition age where growing apart you start growing in different directions and I kind of felt disconnected from some of my homies I grew up with because we were just going in two different directions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely understand. And that. um also with women as well, you know what <laughs> I mean? Certain things I started to look for in women, you know what I mean? wasn't the most popular things anymore. You know mm. what I mean? It's so many perceptions of what we expect from our women mm. nowadays, man, it's so unrealistic. And, you know, I just felt disconnected from that, you know? So like having all of these ideas, I'm like, man, I need to touch on my personal disconnect from society and things like that. And I should touch on other people's disconnect because I'm sure I'm not alone in this. So I can touch on different perspectives and stories of how 
they f- might feel disconnected and how certain things are like just unrealistic and, you know, unreachable. And that's pretty much how I got things started. And I mean, we've got going from there, man. I definitely agree. Cause what I took it as is like you said, that it's a word that can be universal where, like you said, we all understand some, some form of being disconnected from something as well as then it being specific to your situations that you were specifically going through. So it's something that you can give somebody an insight of what's going on with you, but they can also relate to it. Even if they didn't go through that same exact thing, it's kind of like what I said about, um, uh, the Freddie Gibbs, you only live twice. Like I ain't been through half what that nigga's been through, but right. Right. You can, I can still feel it and re- it resonate with me because we've all had hard times. That the other the things that I wrote down when I when I first heard the intro as well as tying that into um, the title disconnected was that it felt like you were emotionally kind of disconnected because you were in a new place from New Orleans to Cali in that that mindset of like leaving what you knew to something you don't know you right. have a disconnect and then the just the physical the physical aspect of you're literally not in the same place that you were you're disconnected from your home. Yeah. The the mental disconnect of like like I said, after going through all that, it's like fuck it, man, I don't care. Like Right, right. I'm at the point where I don't care and and at that point I felt like the intro left you left the listener at a point where it's like, what's the decision gonna he's gonna make? Because he's at the point where he doesn't care, he's disconnected from every, everything and it's like, Am I gonna just say fuck it and just just be stuck? Or am I gonna use that as Kanye says, use that as Steam to to push me forward and, yeah. and to, as as motivation, and that's that's how the album's uh, broken down, man. It's it's in three different chapters, basically. Mm. You know, like the first part of it is that transition from everything I know and grew up on to you know the West Coast, and like I said, you know, I feel like I'm Cali's adopted kid, <laughs> man, uh, because they just embraced me. And, you know, my story was so unique. People just kind of gravitated to it. And, um, you know, towards the middle part of the album, I start to have like kind of this remorse and like, you know, I just feel bad internally for leaving behind certain things and certain people. And, you know, you get those calls from your grandma or, or your auntie or something. And she, you know, She's telling you, you haven't called me in weeks. And And that kind of disconnect, you know, it it has a factor in what you what you do creatively Mm -hmm. because it's it's always on your mind. And then it affects your decisions moving forward. Right. And then towards the end of the album, you know, it was more of a it is what it is kind of thing. Now, let me show that I'm going to make the most out of this situation. And this was all for a reason. I've listened to it, I'd say maybe two or three times. So with albums, it takes time to to really understand the nuances of it. But I did understand that it is, a, it is a complete story. It is a, it is a conceptual album of, like you said, that realization and then coming to a, a resolution of that understanding of that disconnect. And I did feel, to, especially towards the end, that it was more motivational. It did the from the production to the lyrics was yeah i might have the disconnect but instead of like i said that fork in the road of you know am i just gonna just like you know wallow in this disconnect or i'm gonna be motivated and move forward it was you saying no fuck it i'm gonna move forward and i'm gonna make it because i'm gonna make it worth the stuff that i did sacrifice the things that i am disconnected from i'm gonna make that work so that's that's the way that i internalized it i do want to say um on guess who that you address the comparisons of uh, J. Cole and uh, before Chris Brown. Um, right, right. I did want to ask you, how do you think that affected your has affected your your career and the your growth? Do you think it's helped, hurt, or a mixture of the both? Uh, the the Chris Brown thing. Um, it it was at the time where he was kind of just coming onto the scene and getting popular, and I would get it all the time. You know what I mean? You know how they think all, all us light-skinned dudes look alike, man. We had, there was a, so. <laughs> a guy at our college, me and brother to, the le- brother to the left's in the studio, by the way. But uh, we had a guy in our college that we called Chris Brown because he's light-skinned and he looks like. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> so it, it was just more one of those deals. Um, I mean, I didn't take it no kind of way. Mm-hmm. Dude is crazy talented. So, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a bad thing. But mm-hmm. um, 
then J. Cole came onto the scene and um I just remember him having such a like gradual impact where I knew he would be dope and certain people kinda like didn't get it at first and then now they get it. Yeah. Um but it was more so the fact that, you know, we have similar features, I guess, mm-hmm. but then we both rap and then we're both saying something of substance. So it's easy to make that comparison. But um, the question I get most, man, is, you know, are you bothered by that? And I'm not because, I mean, I look at it like it's a big brother kind of thing, yeah. man. Like this dude paved the way for me to even have this kind of lane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Certain things he had to fight, I won't have to now. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um I would say in that track particular, I don't know maybe if you did this on purpose or if it was just happenstances, the chorus, the way that you're flowing on the chorus gives a a Friday night lights kind of J. Cole, it sounds like something I would have heard on there. Oh wow, that's that's a compliment, man. That's, like that's, that's that's how I heard. It. I was like I was yeah. like I don't know, especially before before that you had that line about that, and I was like I was like wow, I was like maybe he did that on purpose to kind of like play at that already comparison that's already being right. put out there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I mean, one one thing I think just in general, people have to be honest about like the artists who influenced them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was a time where it was cool to be influenced by Tupac. It was cool to be influenced by Big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've gotten away from that where it's like, oh, no, nah, man, this dude didn't influence me. Oh, no. Nah. This is all me. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm not one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. I, I draw inspiration from anybody who's really on their game. That's what successful you people know what I'm do. Saying? I, I draw influence from anybody who's a master of their craft. And I mean, J. Cole's for sure a master of his craft. All successful people will tell you, in order to be successful, you'll be a filter. And filters take in everything. They right. take, they'll take in everything, but they only keep the shit that matters. The only shit that's good. And so that to me bothers me too, is when artists say like stuff like that is like, it's it's not a bad thing to say you were influenced by something. Right, right, that's, exactly. J. Cole even J. Cole even mentioned that uh on um For Your Eyes Only on the documentary for that saying that he had a hard time getting samples cleared. And he's like, you know, I want, you know, when it's all said and done, I want my music for whoever, if they want to use it, use it. Because that's what his music there for, to be shared and to to be built upon. Right, right. And that, I mean that's where sampling originated from. It was to recycle the best pieces of the culture. It's you know, it's it's an art form. And I mean, it's the same thing with rap, man. There's there's no rapper who has no influences. Yeah. You know what I mean? You the, if if there was, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't be a rapper. Some some exactly. rapper influenced you to want to rap. Just that simple. Like you can't be what you can't see. Right. It's it's that simple. You can't be what you can't see. And if you don't see a rapper or you're not influenced by one, you can't be one. So I just wanted to cause I didn't notice that the track attention is where I felt like that's when you were really making that decision. And maybe that is, maybe I did see that three part. I just didn't break it down in my head that it was three parts because it felt like, yeah, like you said, the first three tracks was basically coming to that understanding of that, of that disconnect. And then it felt like at track four, that's where you're at that fork of the road of, damn, I got to make a decision. What was, what was the idea behind attention? So it was kind of two, two different lanes. It was, the one where, um, like you said, it's kind of that fork in the road thing where you had to make a decision, but it was also kind of that, you know, I need more attention on me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I think what I'm doing is dope, and if you're not paying attention, you need to be. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think, like, the hook I wrote for that song is, like, exactly that. It's like, man, you know, you you missing out if you're not watching me. And I highlighted the the hook. To me, the way sonically, the way that the that track plays is the beat brings you into me like it it will bring you in so deep because of the way that it rises like really like engulfs you. And then the way that you bring that chorus, it kind of breaks you out of that and to say like also of like nigga pay attention. 
that's how I felt with the production. The production and the lyrics was all like bringing you in. You're listening to the story, and then it's like that chorus pulls you out. It's like, oh shit, I gotta pay attention. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's, Even I mean, though I'm paying attention to the words already, it's like, oh shit. It like it it juxtaposes against the production well enough that it's just another jolt to like really get you back focused again even if you were lost like just right. zoned in on the production and, that and that's more so for the you know the climate we in now not as as many people are that hung up on lyrics mm-hmm. so it's kind of you know pay attention man I'm, I'm i'm giving you something yeah. here i'm giving you some food for thought did you do all the production for this entire album or did you yes i did i did uh all the production with my production partner, Bars Makes Bangers. All right. If you don't know him, check him out. Dude is crazy talented. Um, he was my right hand. Yeah, he actually just won a Grammy. We we just found out today, which is crazy. Oh, that's just crazy. That's yeah. what's up. <laughs> Dude is crazy talented. And um, when I first met him, um, my my manager Chris he he is like man you you know you need to get to work with this dude ASAP and you know when I met him I initially thought you know oh, okay he would he would mix a couple of my records and that would be it but no dude dude is dope and we went in and I mean I'll come with an idea or half a beat finish and I'll be like you hear something on this you know anything you want to add or anything sometimes we'll just build from scratch together and dude dude is dope and what he allowed for me to do is spend that extra time on writing the music and whereas if i would have had to do like the entire production by myself man there's certain things i wouldn't have been able to spend time on lyrically Mm. and um you know i'm super thankful that he collabed on this project with me like I said, the production on here is is nice, is well diverse. It does give you a range of emotions. There's uh tracks that are more introspective. There's tracks that are more uplifting. Something that like you can play in the summer, like a you know uplifting party motivation, to just more really like think. So I I really like the production. I wanted to go to number five. The number five on the track faded. Yeah, that to me that song in particular, man, is the most misleading song. Yes. You know what I mean? It's the most misleading song, and, and people take it as, you know, this is the party record. This nope, is the nope. one. He sold out. He went straight for for, for a club record. And I just, I, I I try to encourage people to listen again. Go back, listen again. Yeah. Because no. it's, it's deeper than what you think. No, I definitely I definitely picked, Um, well, first I want to go on the production side of Faded. There's a sound in there that it feels like it's, uh, I don't know if it's a sample or not, but it feels like a sample from an R&B song. Like it has, uh, yeah, it's actually a Aaliyah sample. Damn it! I yeah. I was so close because I was like I was I was in the room and I was. It's not Escape. It's not SWV. I was like I can hear it because on my on my music I got so much music. All right, I was playing track track track. I was like, nah, it ain't that shit. Next, <laughs> and I, I yeah. just kept on going. I was like, I know it. I can hear it, but I couldn't I couldn't put my my fucking finger on it. Yeah, and man. Because it's so soft and so it's so elegant the way that it's in there but then you have the the bass that's hitting so hard against it that kind of it gives it a more even a heavier feel already to me and then the other feel that i got from it towards as after the beat completely builds it kind of feels like like a tupac i get around that kind of wow that's a huge you know what i'm saying that kind man. of that kind of <laughs> that kind of bounce right there yeah. but then the the content is exactly like you said it's not what you think you're going to hear but the way that you choose to flow over it, it makes it more elegant. It makes it more softer. But right. what you're saying is hard shit. Like it's like it's more not not hard as in like I'm gonna kill you, but like hard as in like this is some real introspective, right? Because thought provoking ideas. That we've all been there, man. At the 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 barbecue or the you know the the backyard kick it, and you know the. The girl shows up that you, you know, you got a thing for, you interested in, and everything you believe in goes out the window to get that attention from that girl. And, uh, you know, I just kind of dive into that piece of it. Like, you know, what happens when you do drink too much and you try to, you know, you know, make some moves, man. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, it's not your typical party record because it is a story and it is um, more so like based on real life. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not talking about things I don't have. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Which a lot of these club records are built on. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's just real. It's real, and we've all been there. That's why people can relate. Yeah. And this is the track where that's why I said I felt like I heard that Southern playlist of Cadillac music influence in your flow. Oh, nice! Another huge compliment, man. Because Tupac, Outkast, keep them coming. Because man. like that's why I said like the production had that Tupac bounce, and in this one I heard your accent more than I heard in other tracks. Mm. So that's why, and it was that storytelling that you get from Outkast. That's the thing that I I love about hip hop. That's what I gravitated to. That was the first thing that I gravitated to was the lyrics. Hey, um, that's that's good company, man. I I'm grateful to be in yeah. that that category with them dudes, man. What are some of your favorite tracks off this album? Um, I mean, it's also near and dear to me. And I mean, whenever I'm asked that question, man, it's it's not so much just one track that that stands out to me. Whereas, like, they all feel like one big track mm-hmm. because it's it's all connected. It's all a connected story. No no track would survive without the other. And um, and they do build off of each other. Right. And, and it, it does fit the flow. I do want to uh, note that as well is that I like the, the construction of it because even in those three parts, I feel like other musicians could have arranged it even within, let's say, the first three, the first three tracks could have put the third track as number two mm. and it still would have worked. But I don't think it would have worked Not as the well. Same. Right. Yeah. I don't think the flow of the story would have went as well. It still would have made sense, but right. I don't think it would have blended together as well and that is another thing i forgot to mention in the beginning i like how the intro the the production blended into the second track and then you added the you sped it up it felt like i think yeah Um, yeah there's uh some elements from the intro in the the second record Yeah, i think it was like the strings i believe or was it uh yeah in the keys it it was purposely done to kind of you know just ease you into it but um if I had to pick one song that really is just like it sums up the record, it would have to be the outro. That mm. one just I kind of laid out, you know, in, in case you missed something, you know, let me here's catch you up. Yeah. And here's a recap of everything you just missed. And, um, you know, in, in this climate, we want everything like fast right away. Mm. So. If you wanted to get to know Josh Gray in three minutes, then I would say reference that song and you'll get a, a decent idea about me. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. what I said about that one is, or what I wrote down was that there's definitely a soulfulness that's felt through the production. And then in the story, as you said, it is a quick biography of your path, the path of leaving New Orleans to California, as well as not just the path of, you know, the physical stops. Like you said, you stopped in Houston. Um, but also the trials and tribulations that you went through each of those stops and each of those paths, but you still were resilient enough to continue going on that path, um, which is, I think, uh, is a key component um, that I think especially younger generations need to hear. They always need, I I feel like they need to have that element of hope because without hope, what's the point of doing it? You know what I'm saying? If you don't, if if you're hopeless, you have nothing to to fight for, to live for, to really to better yourself. But that element of hope is because you always felt, or at least what I got through it is that you always felt like, even with all this shit going on, I still believe I can do it. I right. still believe I can and make it, and I'm gonna put in the work. And it's not, and that's the other aspect that's also important that people yeah. need to hear is that you were talking about that you put in the work. I forgot what track it is, but you're saying like basically, I'm not calling y'all, or you, you know, I'm not going out with y'all. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that because I'm here putting in work. Right, right. And I mean It's nothing against y'all, but I gotta focus. Yeah, that's as like the Kobe reference you made, man. Kobe wouldn't be Kobe if he's not in the gym at two AM. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you ask me, Hey, what's going on, man? You know, what you been up to today? I've been making beats, man. (laughs) You know, uh and I think if you stay in that that rhythm and routine and you know, if you truly love it. It's it's not even work to you. It's it's what you want to do anyway. You know, some people's they you know they might be on Netflix or you know or on a you know a video game or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all those things is cool. Nothing wrong with them. Um, it's just my my time for me personally. 
Um, it's a game. It's just better spent doing this. Yeah. Um, I do want to say I did really like the the piano chord, the progression in that track. I thought it was really on point. The quick story that that last track I think mm-hmm. really embodies the album as a whole, like you said, and I also think it highlights your storytelling ability. Listening to the album as a whole, it showed that you pay you really were focused on this album. You really, like you said, you had a concept, you knew what you wanted to do, and I felt like you executed it. And I don't know, again, if this was intentional or not, but there was a lot of things that was indicative of paying homage to the golden age of hip-hop. Like I said, that mm. that outcast influence that I heard, the Aaliyah R&B influence um, in, oh, in that yeah, track, definitely. the storytelling ability, even just having the, the synopsis at the end, like you did, is very 90s hip-hop. That's something you would that Nas did leaving the last track being an, a, a story that you just that leaves you like damn um j cole just did it with for your eyes only kendrick just did it with duckworth right um and that's just some of the recent as well as some of the old rakim again the layout as well just showed how much time you put into your craft oh i appreciate um, it man to even even if it wasn't intentional for you to pick up on those those things and execute it in that manner to me shows that you Again, you're a student of the game. Right. And you know, to me, the only way you can be great in any field, you got to study the greats. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to. You, you have, have to, to, man. And Kobe studied Jordan. <laughs> right. Jordan studied Kareem. So, like, right. that's something that I take. This is your first complete album, correct? Yeah. This, like I said, man, you know, I got some past bodies of work. But, the, you know, that that kind of thing is just more so you're learning in in. You know, it's it's lyrical exercise, it's practice, it's it's like you getting shots up in the gym. Mm-hmm. But I felt like this project was like, you know, we we here now. This is this is real. We we're in the league now, and and you know we want people to take notice, and you know, and that's to me that's what it felt like. If it, it feels like for an artist, especially for his first album coming out, you usually see them trying to just come up with an album in general. They don't usually have a concept. Right. Um, there's very few ones, and the ones that do, we praise them for it because we understand how hard a concept album is. It's it's a lot of hard work. And the fact that you did it and you executed it just shows, again, like I said, the, the time and the effort that you put into it that you wanted to come out with a quality project, not just throw out some stuff. Right, man. And, you know, the process itself is one thing. You know, you might go through 30, 30 records, you know what I mean? And if they don't feel or say the things you need them to, to say then you know it just doesn't make it and it it was kind of that thing um you know i would say it took come on chris what i was i would say over nine nine months solid where we got serious about it and we're like you know we really gonna put this together and do it i would say nine months strong where we just like just kept chipping away and mm. chipping away to, down to like every detail where you know, and, you know, my boy will tell you there's some things that didn't make it that was incredible, but we just felt like it didn't fit the story. And I needed this album to be only about this, this journey, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, brother to the left. And, you know, I first of all, everything, I'm, you know, I, I've known Josh for a minute now. And you know this is this podcast most definitely about the music for sure, but I also want to speak to this brother that I know personally, and you know I don't want to take us off you know in a different direction too much. Um, however, I did want to chime in and just make sure that this is mentioned before we finish this podcast. Um, that when you talk about character, when you talk about the character of this brother, you know he has he has that type of character that you know they don't make anymore. Right. Um, when you talk about brother being disciplined. When you're talking about a brother being um, incredibly hardworking, when you're talking about a brother being loyal, when you're talking about a man having a good heart, when you're talking about a man that cares about his community, uh, when you're talking about a man that's reflective and analytical and and thoughtful and thorough, you know, he has all those things. Oh, that's big, man. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's reflected in his music as well. Yeah. So, you know, with that said, you know, if you haven't heard this brother's album, listen listen all the way through um this is my folks um i wouldn't have brought him through if he wasn't official you know but he most definitely gets my stamp of approval uh for whatever that's worth you man, know? that's big man 
Straight up, man. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I had to I had to chime in and, and drop that in there before, you know, before we wrap this up. I wanted to add, since our brother to the left brought that up, is there is notes of everything he just mentioned in this album as well. There is, there's notes of social awareness. Uh, right, right. That's why we got him on the Stay Woke podcast, because he's an awoke brother. He understands what's going on and he's speaking about it. But he also understands that's not the end all be all to what's going on in people's lives. We're multifaceted. We're complex beings. Right. You know, that's one aspect of the problems that we have. We also have just human problems, you know, just just normal problems that everybody faces, not just a specific race, culture or any demographic. You know, so I, I felt like that's another aspect of this album as well. That's why it's really this album. It can be absorbed by so many because of the concepts and the themes of it is relatable to everybody like i said it's it's one of those albums that even if you haven't been through those transition phases that you've been through you've understand having to adapt to a new situation we've all right. understand that right. and so it's something that we can all relate to and i think it was a well done well thought out uh project that again people can relate to. appreciate it man i, I do want to say i seen the brother chance the rapper sell out arenas with no major label deal it's possible and the brother is an inspiration and you know with that being said i feel like you know nothing's gonna stop this momentum we have right now we're gonna continue to push and do you know our thing and and stay in creative control of our music the way we want to um not saying we're not open ears to offers or anything but um, I just really like what Chance is doing right now as far as he's in control mm -hmm. and he's making what resonates with his soul. Yeah. And I think that's why he's going to have longevity and that's why I'm doing it. I don't want to be in this for a year or two. You know what I mean? I, I want to be in this 10 plus. It's also important to kind of have that business. Mm hmm mindset going in and you know knowing what you want for yourself and your team yeah and um you know not being easily swayed by dollar signs either mm -hmm. you know what i mean finding that right situation that's comfortable that balance for you right so um yeah man with that being said uh i'm gonna post up show dates soon we're gonna get out on the road and and start start really blessing these these crowds with this music man and like man. i said the album isn't even released yet which is dope because we we feel like when we release it we need the the right rollout we need enough ears on it so what i've been doing is pretty much playing it for small audiences before i release it to just see how it impacts them and how they take it mm. but uh we're gonna release it really soon and when we do um, I mean, I hope it it we definitely, strikes like lightning, man. We definitely gonna put put uh put all the information up, man. Like I said, when it comes out, definitely check it. Remember that uh you heard a sneak peek about it here. Uh, I won't we won't give you all the details of the album, but um we I felt like we gave you we gave you a real good a nice glimpse into it. If oh yeah, uh, for sure. Um, definitely a, definitely a good glimpse into it. Like I said, I've only heard it a couple of times, and um it. Like I said, I've, I've parsed out a lot of information from it, a lot of ideas. And I know with more listens and more um, time that I'll, I'll, you know, dive even deeper in and make even more nuances and connections that um, I, you can't, in, you know, with time. You have to build that with time. Right, um, so, right. And that's, you know, that's what good music, man. You, yeah, high replayability, man. Right. You go back and you you listen again and certain things you'll find that you you might have missed the first time. Yeah, you so, might be in a different mood, so it, it hits you differently, and then you're like, oh, okay, I, I could take this from this as well, versus right. where you were in a different mindset, like, and you, you just took one aspect of it. Now you're taking in a whole other aspect of it, and that's what we love about music, man. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I want I want to make sure uh, I shout out my boy Chris one time, too, man. That's my manager, right-hand man. You know, we've been on this journey for, for a minute now, and, uh, you know, Super happy to have him on board. Shout out to my boy, Outcast Dev. Super dope help. We already talked about my brother, Skoog. Uh, we talked about the Grammy winning 
production genius bars. <laughs> and, um, you know, for sure, shout out New Orleans and shout out Cali for taking me in and adopting me. And, you know, we got more more good music and hopefully more good fortune to come too. Yeah. And uh, we'll have all your information up on the website, on the staywokepodcast.com, as well as the sonicbreakdown.com. And you, they can go to your website, joshgrayway.com. Is that correct? Yeah, they could go to Josh Gray Way. Um, the way I use my Instagram feed to at uh, Josh Gray Way, the way I use my Instagram is almost just like a rolling stream of, you know, pretty much what I'm doing up to date. So you can really, you know, keep in touch with what's going on with me by going on my, my Instagram Um and like I said, we'll post up the show dates as uh, soon as we get this album out. Then we'll post up the show dates and, you know, hopefully we, we, we get some folks out at the shows. I know. We're going we to get people to turn out there, up. man. We're going to get people out there. And uh, y'all missing it, but his boy uh, Chris, he got, I like I like the hoodie, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's another thing, man. Let me yeah, for sure. Get that uh, so uh, Josh Gray Apparel for sure on uh instagram look that up josh gray apparel man we got hoodies t-shirts and uh you know we got the hats coming in this week man so you know the the merchandise i guess you could say that's another part of you know my creativity with the art um you know i designed all the merch myself man so that's, that's something most people won't even know. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, and you, you heard know. it here first. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like to be hands on with it, man. I know, so, but I'm gonna uh, be real. No, for real. That's the first thing I saw when he came out when he came out the car with the shirt with the hoodie on. I was like, oh, that shit's dope. Oh, appreciate so no, it, some man. real like it is. It's a dope hoodie, man. I'm gonna have to check out the other stuff. We'll we'll definitely have a link on the website that will have a link so you can go to their website and get the product as well as their Instagram. Um, we'll have all that information up. Again, I want to say thank you, man, for coming through. We oh, definitely gonna have to do another me. interview um at another time, next project, even before that, man. Oh yeah, uh, a- after we get these shows rolling, man, you you tell me what you think about yeah. these shows. Yeah, definitely we'll have that, and then uh, hopefully we'll have some footage uh, of uh, us at the show. That would be awesome. Speaking of which, you you caught the video, man? Yes, we, I did. We dropped the video for free time. Yeah, I saw that. I saw I saw it earlier today. Definitely check that out. Again, we want to thank everybody. Thank Brother to the Left. Thank Josh Gray. Check out his music, Disconnected. It will be coming out soon. You know the Stay Woke Podcast motto. Live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We out.